Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. We are excited, or I'm excited to be back recording podcasts. It's been a month now. I think things are finally kind of in order uh this year you know we keep uh i keep meaning to get back on my posting schedule that i had last year but uh you know we've had a lot of things going on mostly all good um like everybody else you know in the first part of this pandemic we had to shuffle things around a little bit and some things had to get put aside like the podcast but um you know we also are trying to uh build our our media presence social media presence and and do some things but we recently have been upgrading our facilities here and um, very excited about that so i wanted to talk about that and i'll mention some of the things we've added to the to the uh gym uh, our outdoor workout area we've shifted some things around on the inside to create more space added a couple pieces of equipment um inside as well and all this was done to help somewhat level up if you will to kind of take that next step forward in growing our business uh and that's what we're talking about today is is how do you grow your business how do you set up your business um and and how do you stay on track doing that and that's this is going to be kind of a two or three part series so the first part that we'll talk about is the actual business plan then in part two, we're going to discuss again, you know, having that three to five year plan, you know, what's on it, what's reasonable. Um, we'll touch a little bit on that today, but but we'll get more in depth on the next episode. And then and then again, how to stay focused on that three to five year plan. In other words, what steps do you take monthly, weekly, daily, or whatever to make sure that you're on track for that long term plan? But before we get there, we need to set up our business. We need to set up our business plan. Um, so I've mentioned before, uh, in, in, oh gosh, I think it was episode 118 maybe, uh, 117, I forget, somewhere in there, I have to look, uh, I'd have to look back, um, that we, we want to have a, uh, are we... We outline, pardon me, sorry, I'm getting texts as they come through. I shouldn't look at my phone. Um, we outlined a way to start a training business with no money, no experience, no nothing, and building it up to a business. Um, well, at some point, whether you're doing it that way or you maybe you even have some collateral and you've already you know certified and you're training somewhere and you want to make that leap into owning your own business, um, no matter what size, whether that be just you know a little bit of um, a few machines out of working out of your home or you want to start a whole building uh, just one-on-one you and your clients or if you want to have a whole team of trainers you know whatever size you want to start with you kind of have to know a few things before you get started and you have to know about how to secure those funds so that's today the business plan so your business plan basically is your document that is going to outline several things. It's going to outline 
how you go about executing your business, uh, how you feel your business is unique and fits into the market where you're trying to uh, serve, and and are your in potential investors going to see the vision um, and then feel comfortable giving you money, right? That's the whole point is you're trying to secure a loan from a bank or you're trying to uh, pitch something to some investors to, to then get you uh, the money you need to start your business. So all of those things are great. All of those things um, are uh, things that you have to go through, but how do you do it? So let's start with the actual business plan itself. What are we going to do? What's going to be included in this business plan? And um, we'll kind of go through step by step. So first things first, um, when you have a business plan, you know when you're going to lay this out in front of whomever, like I said, whether it be a bank or investors or family members who are investors or anybody, um, you are going to want to have what they call an executive summary or basically this is this these are some bullet points of what your business is how it's unique what it's going to do and who it's going to serve things like that just real basic right up front almost like a cover letter for a resume you know in, the, in a cover letter for a resume you you know you're trying to explain who you are not a recap of your you know cv um but a but a a brief summary of how you are going to help whatever company you're trying to uh, work for, right? This is these are my skills, and these are how my skills can help your company uh, move forward. And similarly, this this summary that you're gonna that you're gonna put right up front on your on your business plan should include, um, you know, who you are, and you know, obviously why you're qualified to be doing this, but also what the plan is, you know, and, and uh, how, how you're going to execute it in a brief summary statement. Um, you're going to want to go through then, you know, a few different steps before you actually put pen to paper. So there's a little bit of research you're going to have to do uh, to put your put together your business plan. Then you are going to want to take that research and put it into narrative form in your business plan. For example, you know, you're going to want to do a market analysis. Um, and I, I'm not necessarily going in order. Uh, again, the executive summary should be first, but the rest of the, the uh, business plan, um, I'll talk a little bit later uh, or maybe, maybe uh, on the next podcast about the exact order it should go in. Um, but, but the basic parts of it, um, you want to have... Uh, some sort of market analysis where in which we mean you need to know the market you need to know what's already available uh, in your town for your services what's not available how yours is going to fit in how the prices you want to charge are going to compare basically you're just kind of seeing what's out there Um, you know if you in this case have a personal training business you want to find out what the average personal training session price is in your area. And then you can decide to go above that, below that, or hit right at that average. So when we first started, we were a little above average. And we we realized, or we came to that conclusion because we 
we knew what we could do and we knew what our service was worth um, and our time and our experience and what we were bringing to the table. The one problem was not everyone knew us yet and we kind of had to prove ourselves. So we did dip our prices down a little bit to about the market average. Um, and that did increase our sales. And you know, then we've done some other creative things to bring some pricing back up. And that's in terms of how our billing goes. And that I could get into that later, but that's that was all outlined in our business plan um, is how we were going to go about doing that. In other words, we have a price, we lower the price, and then we, again, creatively work around billing so that the price then becomes, um, or cash flow becomes um, higher without having to jack up the prices for our members. Now, are we worth more? Maybe. Um, and we'll talk about our three to five year plan or, or some things in our three to five year plan here in just a minute uh, about that worth, about the worth of my services and Chelsea services. And that's what you're going to do. But you need at first to have that market research done to know where you're coming. Now, for example, um, when we moved to or when I moved to Greenville uh, in the whole upstate area, I had heard and, and I looked into it and, and there were there were 30 plus, I think almost 40 plus CrossFits in the upstate area. And that's everything from, you know, uh, Simpsonville. Greenville, Greer, Taylor's, Traveler's Rest, Spartanburg, and, and the surrounding areas. So it was a pretty big area, but that's a lot of CrossFits in that area, right? So if I wanted to open up a CrossFit and I needed money and I needed capital um, to, to do so, if I'm going to pitch this to a bank or pitch it somewhere else, I could use a lot of research or a lot of data from CrossFit to show how successful some boxes can be. But when you look at, okay, well, some of those investors might say, what's going to set you apart? There's so many of them that if you put your building right here, you're only two miles away from this one or a mile and a half away, three miles away from this one. What makes you different? How are the members of that same area going to know that you're better or do something so you have to have a competitive edge and we'll talk about that in just a second but those are the kind of things that you want to take into consideration um, again Chelsea and I our big thing um, was we wanted to look at what the average price was because that was our biggest um, issue or our biggest hurdle for us to overcome was what are we going to do uh, price wise we, we we didn't want to come in too high or too low but we didn't want to, that was, that was hard. That was hard. So we, we did a lot of research there and that was a, that was a big uh, deal for us. But the next thing you want to think about is that competitive um, option or that competitive um, uh, advantage and or disadvantage. In other words, so what are you going to do? What are the competitors doing? What is being offered out there? So Chelsea and I do a lot of personal training. There are a lot of other personal trainers in town. So just like I mentioned with the CrossFit, you know, there's a lot of CrossFits in town. So we wanted to open up a boutique training studio, personal training studio, and sports performance. And really the sports performance was our main grab. Uh, we wanted to train full teams for their sport. 
basically be a, a freelance strength and conditioning coach uh, like you'd see at a college. And, you know, that didn't take off at first, but we are there now and we are doing that now. Um, and that's something we're very excited about because our plan has actually transpired. But in the beginning, we were banking on that happening first before the personal training blowing up and it just happened kind of in reverse and that's okay. We were able to roll with it. But when we set out our, what was going to set us apart was our personal training is going to be based off of our knowledge from our physical, you know, fitness backgrounds and our, 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 I should say our athletic backgrounds. Me as a collegiate strength coach and Chelsea as a top tier professional athlete and our experiences that way. But we are also going to bring in the physical therapy side. So three years ago, you didn't see too many people coming in and doing physical therapy uh, as a cash PT business out of a uh, training facility in this area. Sure, it's been done before, but in this area, there was only one other that I that I knew of um, that was doing it. And uh, so we were... Uh, but but they weren't a sports performance gym. They were a training facility that then had a PT there as well. Uh, and I think it was a you know a, a really good setup. But ours was dealing more with with athletes at least in, in the beginning. And so our athletic or our physical therapist was not necessarily just a cash PT uh, business. What set us apart was we were using the physical therapist slash athletic trainer, because uh, we've had both, um, as an athletic trainer, basically taking care of the people on a daily basis, as opposed to doing full-on physical therapy, which we did do, and we've done. We've had a couple people come in and do that, and we've had an athletic trainer come in and do athletic training services um, for the athletes. You know, putting some KT tape on and, and doing some recovery uh, uh, techniques after the workouts and you know basically using this utilizing the same kind of benefits that you would see at a um, at a college you know where those athletes can train hard every single day because they can recover well because they have all those resources and so we wanted to do that all in-house so that's what set us apart that's what um, continues to set us apart and uh, we, we believe heavily in that. And that, that was one thing when we set out our competitive advantage that would be really, really beneficial for us. And like I said, just very excited about all that. Um, so that being said, when we looked at what was to be offered that, um, or I guess I'm getting my words mixed up here, what what we were going to be doing that others weren't that was our competitive um, advantage and the competitive disadvantage was you know maybe that we we didn't have um, name recognition so no one really knew what that was going to mean what is what is having an athletic trainer in your in your gym really going to do for you and what does that what does that mean um, and that's that was kind of the the drawback is people may not understand exactly what uh you know what we what our mission was and or really care about it or have time to do it that was a, a, a an obstacle we were going to be facing was could we know that this is useful we know this is great and we like it 
And when people see it and feel it and experience it, they're gonna like it. But in the beginning, it may not be a huge selling point because people may not understand it. So that was, again, gonna be a problem or a potential problem that we had to think about in our business plan. So knowing all that and laying all that out ahead of time then helps you write out your actual proposal. So in your proposal now, you, you're going to want to do what we call a SWOT analysis. And that stands for strengths and weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And in your SWOT analysis, you know, obviously, what's the strength of your of your business? What's the weakness? Uh, you know, the, the strength is is pretty obvious. You know, you know what you do and what you do well. The weaknesses is sometimes a little hard to say that and you don't want to sound like there's a lot of weaknesses uh, because uh, you know you want people to invest right uh, but at the same time if you say oh we have no weaknesses well then you're probably not really doing all your research and that's what an investor will think you know, like these people are a little naive or a little you know maybe haven't done their homework really and so long story short it, it's one of those situations where it's, it's best to think about uh, really what is your potential, um, what are some potential weaknesses in your plan, or uh, what are some of the opportunities. So the opportunities that are out there, in this case uh, for us, the opportunity was that there was no other person, oh, no other gym doing what we were proposing to do. There was a market for that because there's a lot of people that love sports and athletics. Uh, high school athletics and club teams are very big around here. Um, there's lots of colleges uh, close by. So athletes that are either currently in college or wanting to get to college, coming in for personal training, needing sport specific training, not just athletic training, but training for their actual sport, whether it be soccer, baseball, softball, whatever. Uh, so that was an opportunity and that's where we saw the opportunity and we wanted to push them in a certain way and have that recovery uh, options available right away again that was the opportunity we saw we could get in uh, the threat is obviously like I said before not everybody knew what that was gonna mean or what that would look like or why that was important so the threat is not being able to convey that message uh, the other threats or other threats in our case was, um, you know, our, our first and biggest problem that we had in the beginning, which we have solved, was getting the people to come in, getting all the teams to come in at once and, you know, some being able to afford it and some not. So will the school pay for it? Will boosters pay for it? That, that was a real issue. We found out that it's a lot easier for the school to pay for it if you go to their facility. It's, it's a lot easier, the, the parents, um, it's a lot easier to get a bigger buy-in from all of the athletes and you know that's what we did. And, and we were very excited about that and, and that, that has worked out. That was again, not the original intent of you know, what we were planning on doing. So that being said, we um, uh, kind of identified some potential threats. So when you propose this or when you present this to your investors, they're going to look at that and they're going to read these things and they're going to understand that, okay, okay, if I'm going to put some money down in here, I see this offer. This is a great opportunity. And these threats are, you know, they're, they're, these people have identified some potential issues. 
now let's read further into the uh, business and how that's going to how you're going to address those threats and, and what's going on. So now when you go down further into your business plan, the other things that you're going to need to um, outline is you know obviously how much are you asking for, how much do you need, where are those costs going to go, how much is going to go to, towards marketing, how much of that's going to go to salaries or to equipment, um, and then also who is going to do what the you know assigning of duties because there's a lot of times where um, you've got uh, let's say I'm trying to think of a good example here um, you know two people wanting to start a business and they're all gung ho and maybe they maybe they're very good trainers very good at what they do uh, they put together this proposal they need fifty thousand dollars they you know to buy the equipment and everything and they they sit down and uh, they're they're right in front of someone and someone's looking for it and they're like okay I could see how this business could work and then they ask the question so who's the president Who, who's gonna hire people who's going to fire people who's going to order new equipment who's going to do the bookkeeping who's gonna take care of the taxes they start asking these questions and they want to know that because they they need to trust that that person is going to do a good job whoever that is and are they qualified to do it have you done it before these kind of things need to be uh, addressed beforehand. So again, we had assigned duties based on what Chelsea and I knew we could handle. I had handled big budgets before, so I became the, the back-end guy, right? Uh, the budgeting, the, the, the expenses, things like that, uh, payroll, um, when we pay our, our uh, contractors, uh, purchasing equipment and then doing the taxes. That, that's something that I've done in other businesses, uh, you know, for other businesses. Um, so it's something I had experience with in terms of ordering equipment and making sure that the place uh, is in working order and that, you know, things break, we get it ordered on time, things like that. Chelsea had, had experience doing that at the Y. So the, that was a great um, fit for her. So we, we split up our duties and we put that into the business plan so that the reader looks at this and knows exactly how things are going to be um, done right so they know this person's going to do this this person's going to do this they have experience doing this okay i feel safe giving this company money they've thought of everything here, right um you know in the financials you also need to have in that section uh, not only what you need and how you're going to allocate those funds but how are you going to um well two other things one how much money do you think you're going to make right uh, and you need to do like a year projection, right? So month one, I think we're going to have about this month, this much, month two, month three. How are you going to grow? And you have to explain that growth. You can't just say, oh, I think we'll get $1,000 the first month, 2000 the second month, 3000 You can't do it that way. I mean, maybe it works out that way. But you have to have a reason for growth and an explanation for growth. If you say we're going to, you know, we'll probably only make 5000 the first couple months, but by month four, or five, we should be making uh, ten thousand a month. Okay, how? What What are you going to do to, to to make that happen? And again, those things need to be explained in that financial uh, section. Also, in that financial section, how are you going to be paying yourself? Uh, that needs to be addressed as well. Is some of the loan money going to not just equipment, but to also salaries for the first year? Maybe you're asking for a lot of money up front. Um, 
Chelsea and I went back and forth on this one. We, we were thinking about asking for what we thought we needed to live on plus the amount for the equipment. Um, that way, any extra money that came in in the first year went, all, went right back into the business. And we just, we didn't know enough people. We didn't have enough contacts uh, to, to warrant asking for such a high sum. So what we decided was we would ask for equipment only. And we went to our, uh, our landlord before, before we had signed everything with a business plan as well. And we asked in the business plan as part of our uh, deal was a couple months of free rent. And we did, we got a few months free at, at the very beginning. And so that allowed us to not have to ask as much money from our investors so that it was a little bit more of an attractive deal to them and so we could secure the money we needed to, to buy the equipment we needed. Uh, but what that did was that put the pressure on Chelsea and I to sell memberships. So in that same financial section, uh, we talked about our marketing budget and how we we're going to our marketing campaign was going to go and how that marketing campaign is actually going to then translate into increased revenue month after month after month so when i said you have to be, explain how you're going to make money each month and how you know if you say it's going to go up how this is what we did we explained it was going to be in a, a in our marketing and our marketing strategies and how our client um lead generation basically uh to put it in an industry term how that lead industry or lead generation was going to be there and our client retention was going to be there that was all based off of our uh what we call our success formula something we train all of our employees with uh in terms of how to go get clients how to do this how to do that and that is something that we set up for them to to be successful right but that's what we used in the beginning and that's what we used in our business plan to help uh, show that we had a plan to go get clients it wasn't like oh yeah we we're good trainers we've been doing this for 20 years we're just gonna turn the lights on and yeah we'll just hope hope people show up and we'll do a good job when they do and we'll get them to resign well that's great and you might get some walk-ins hopefully you do but you're gonna have to generate some sort of buzz up front and this is where we explained how we were going to do that and how that was going to translate into more sales. So at the end of all of that, you had your um, you had your summary, you had your market research and your competitive research to kind of figure out where you fit in. And then once you know where you fit in, you write that SWOT analysis and that's what the in potential investors are going to read to see, okay, here's what's really good about the business, here's some areas of concern. Here's the real opportunity here. Uh, this is what makes the deal really good and these are potential threats and here's my solutions for these threats. Then you go through, okay, they need this much money. Uh, they're gonna spend it this way. This is how they're gonna grow their business and so on and so forth. Well, one of those things that you, that we put in there in terms of you know, uh, uh, looking at the future we we had so many ideas and we knew that trying to do all of it right up front wasn't going to work but we didn't want to exclude some of that from our business plan because we wanted to show potential investors that we were thinking ahead so we wrote a conclusion and just like you would in in any narrative when you write your conclusion your conclusion will uh, end 
should end leading the reader wanting a little bit more or posing a question for them to ponder you know as opposed to just saying the end we're done it's like and we'll see what the future holds huh i wonder what the future does hold gets that reader to kind of start thinking ahead right so what we did was we in conclusion here's our business here's what we need here's how we're going to be different this is how we're going to get it done and overcome these obstacles and in the future here's a couple things that we're looking forward to being able to offer so we show a um, when we do grow here's how we're going to level up here's how we're going to scale it up and that um, for us worked really well and so now we're at that point in our business plan is scaling up as as mentioned earlier in this podcast adding the outdoor area rearranging uh, making more use better use of the space and you've heard me talk in previous podcasts we even have a backup plan if we were to gain uh, 100 members today we can't accommodate that uh, you know that much that many people uh, if they came three or four times a week right and we never want to be that gym model that has 10,000 members but only sees you know a thousand visits uh, a week something like that we want to see all of our members coming in several times a week so we have a backup plan We're, there is a a plan in place to where if we grow too fast we have another building we can get into fairly quickly uh, without without having to close down or without having to be overwhelmed because sometimes businesses grow quickly and they don't have a plan on how to expand and how to uh, deal with success in that way and sometimes you just they shut down because the product was too successful. Uh, I have some some people I know that have have shared those stories where they had a product, the product sold really really well, they got a lot of orders, they couldn't keep up. So rather than have a strategy to deal with that ahead of time, they didn't know what to do, so they shut things down for a while and regrouped. And I don't know if they've had the same success the second go around, but there could have been things like adjusting your price uh, up word in this case or other things but the point is having a plan is is the key so that when things happen you already know what to do and you can make steps along the way so next podcast we'll talk about executing that plan what steps are you going to take uh, to make sure that you're staying on your three to five year plan and obviously what should be in your three to five year plan all right hope this was helpful we'll talk soon